0: their hard work amen they work very very hard to to um be prepared to lead us into to god's presence and uh i would say they accomplished that this morning so well if you'll turn to uh first timothy chapter one and uh and then the next scripture would be colossians 1 24 through 27 we're going to read that first and um will be on the screen, but if you have your Bibles, I always encourage you to, to uh, find those places yourself so you can go back this week. So 1 Timothy 1.1 says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God, our Savior, and the Lord Jesus Christ, our hope. The Lord Jesus Christ, our hope. Colossians 1, 24 through 27 says, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you. And fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ, for the sake of his body, which is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you, to fulfill the word of God, the mystery which has been hidden from the ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints, to them God willed to make known. What are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory? So we see Paul referring to that word hope uh, and giving that reference here. He references to Jesus Christ, the Jesus uh, Christ is actually referenced to be hope for us. Paul uses the title, which is very unique in the New Testament. He calls Jesus our hope. Here in first timothy 1 1 nowhere else is jesus so described than the scripture we read after that which is colossians 1 and it, verse 27 it says that christ is in us and he is the hope of glory the hope of glory if you will again that first advent that christ appeared and the hope of glory that one day he will appear again That christ is coming back for us for those who who have placed faith in Him because of the hope that He was sent to the world, wrapped in swaddling clothes, crucified on a cross, buried, and resurrected from the dead. They who place their hope in Him have a hope of glory, that one day we will be with Him forevermore. It was a word, the word hope was used very commonly in the early church. For instance, Uh, Be of good cheer in God the Father and in Jesus Christ, our common hope, Ignatius. It was a word that was used by the early, uh, if you will, uh, um, proclaimers of truth. Preachers of the gospel declared the word hope to others that was only found in Christ. Polycarp said, let us therefore persevere in our hope and the earnest of our righteousness, who is Jesus Christ. The word hope, elpis, if you will, is very closely related to the word faith, which is pistis. And it means a confident desire and expectation. And that close alignment with the word faith, pistis, that the two have a relationship. Hebrews 11 and 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So that close relationship between faith and hope if you will, people stood in faith, believing that God would send the Messiah. They had a hope of that coming, if you will. They had faith in God and a hope that he would deliver on what he had promised. In the relation of the two, one day Messiah came. And when Messiah came, that which they hoped for, right, right? And stood in faith for because of the hope that they had that what God promised he would deliver on. Right? One day came. And what was unseen became the seen. Same for us. It's what we stand in hope for that Christ will one day return is in direct relation to our faith. That God will deliver on exactly what he has promised us. And when that day comes, how many of you know what a day of rejoicing that will be? If anybody knows that old hymn, what a day of rejoicing that will be when Christ appears for those who are found in the faith. Jesus is our hope and our basic basis of confident expectation. I say a confident expectation. Because. In a place of darkness or in a place without faith, in a place without hope. It's a place of confusion. We don't have confidence. When we're in those places of of darkness or confusion, if you will, we can't find our way. We don't know if God will really deliver on what he's promised when we find ourselves in that place. But where we have hope, we have confidence. Where there is no hope, there is confusion. If you will, there's fear uh, at work in the midst of that. I read about a church leader who, does some voluntary work for the Citizens Advice Bureau. I've never heard of it before, but I read this uh, small story and, and thought it was very interesting. But he does some, some work for the Citizens Advice Bureau, and he was commenting that what struck him was that with many people who came in, there was an absence of hope. People come in, perhaps their relationship was broken down, uh, and they have some resignation, if you will. But when he uh, would say, is there any chance for reconciliation? They would say, no, that's it. I'm done. There's no hope for the relationship. There's no hope for my situation. They had no hope. Paul talks about uh, that a lot, if you will. In uh, Ephesians 2.12, he speaks without hope and without God in the world. Paul talks about it being in this state. He says that once when we were outside of Christ, we were without hope. When we were outside of Christ, we did not have hope. What trust man can put in his own flesh, his own abilities, all of us have been in our downtime. We've had uptimes and downtimes, right? And when you're in that downtime, your trust or your confidence in what you're able to accomplish is down. Anybody that's ever been in the down and out moment in your life knows what it's like to be without hope. But for those that are in Christ, even when you're in the down and out moment that's that's why the Bible even says when we lose a loved one that we don't sorrow the way the world sorrows we don't we don't see this life the way that the world sees it because even in our hardest situations we find hope in Christ you say amen in the house this morning we find hope in Christ even in our most difficult circumstances we can look and we know that in Christ we have hope Tragedy for many people, the absence of hope is a crushing absence, if you will. Sometimes they can't find their way out and need need another to lead them out. Have you ever been around somebody that's just, it's constant negativity? Negative, 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 negative. That's a person without hope. They, they can't see, if you will, the light at the end of the tunnel. They can't, they can't see, if you will, you know, the rainbow at the end of the flood. You know what I'm saying? They, they, don't, they don't have that covenant with God. They don't see that God can deliver them from their current situation. Everything around them tends to dictate their life rather than looking through those situations and understanding that God is the answer. There's nothing better than when you're in a low time, having friends in this life, having relationships in, li- in this life, of folks who know how to walk in a expectation of god working and that my friends is based in hope it is all rooted and grounded in the hope that we have in christ and then when you're around that person and you're in the down and out and they start speaking into you that hope it can begin to change your perspective of how things can be come on now it's true how many of you love those kind of friends some of us get frustrated when we're in the down and out and they start talking to us it's like well, you don't know my situation, right? Thank God they don't know your situation because then they just sit down with you and cry too rather than encouraging you to walk out of your situation. Amen? We need people like that around us. <coughs> so what is hope? Hope, if you will, at that confident expectation, it's to look forward. Say, look forward. <clears throat> I like how James described that this morning, that looking forward, but it's looking forward with confident expectation It's about the future. Hope is for the future, and it is the belief that the future can and will be better than the present or the past. Paul says clearly, it is not about something we already have. He speaks that in Romans 15, 4. Make sure you put that up there. Romans 15, 4. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope through endurance somebody tell me what endurance is what's endurance perseverance that's good somebody got another term for that what what would what would endurance huh long suffering what else anything else any of them old terms from grandpa's right when the going gets tough There is something that God does in us through hope. To have a tender heart and connected with God, but a toughness towards this world. To say, I don't care what circumstance comes my way, I have hope that God will deliver me from it. If I stay my course, I will be tough towards my circumstance and tender towards God. Two T's I can give you right now if you want to walk in hope is tough towards circumstance and tender towards God. Come on, that was a great place to say amen. That is preaching good, as my friend Tom Hendershot would say. Let me read that to you again. For everything that was written in the past, say past, was written to teach us, say teach us, so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, say scriptures, we might have hope. Now. There is no greater. I said this, I think, uh, last week or the week before. I can't remember exactly, but I said this. No one can feed you better than the Holy Spirit and you spending time with the Word of God. Feed yourself. In reality, you're not feeding yourself, it's the Holy Spirit. Jesus said that He would send the Comforter. He would send the Comforter and He would guide us into all truth and that He would teach us of things to come. He is called the Teacher. And anyone that communes with Scripture and seeks after God and calls upon the Holy Spirit to guide them into the truth of God's Word of the Scriptures will be a person that will never be conquered by their circumstance. Circumstance will be there, make no mistake about it, but your circumstance will never conquer you because your hope is too great for the circumstance that comes your way. And you remain in that situation, your circumstances, you don't become bitter if you will, towards God, right? And belittled by your circumstance. Because that's what your circumstance will do. You start to get that little mindset of I can't make it, I can't make it, I can't make it. Your circumstance starts to belittle you and you become bitter towards God. That's why you've got to flip that thing and you've got to be tough towards your circumstance and tender towards God. If you will, this is the passage that tells us right here that we find in the mirror of our experiences. If you will, we're looking into mi- the mirror of our experiences in the mirror of the experiences of other believers who have journeyed through their trials and emerged victorious, giving us hope that the God who is no respecter of persons will escort us on our journey to victory as well. You want me to read that to you again? You can quote me on that. This is mine. Here we find the mirror of our experiences in the experiences of other believers who have journeyed through their trials and emerged victorious, giving us hope that the God who is no respecter of persons will escort us on our journey to victory as well. Jesus is our hope, saints. There is no greater hope than to have a relationship with Christ Jesus. Man, when you are connected to him. What joy you can have in this life. Amen. In the Bible, we learn of one, uh, if you will, who is uh, to illuminate the source of hope, life and everything. Jesus, the hope of the world. The prophecies of Jesus speak of how the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. We'll see that as we go through Advent. We're actually going to read some of those scriptures as well. Those living in darkness... Have seen a great light. He brings the light of hope. Jesus is, again, the hope of the world. Have you ever drove in a thick fog? Anybody ever driven in the fog? Real thick one where you can't see anything? How many just want to pull over? How many of you men are like me, and I'm getting to my destination no matter what the situation, right? (laughs) I remember being in Germany, and let me tell you, there's very few places on this earth that have fog like Germany it is when it sets down it's there and you're on the Audubon and it's funny because people still just go they're getting to their destination that fog their circumstance doesn't mean anything to them now let me say this circumstance is real unlike unlike many if you will that would say well your circumstance deny your circumstance and and trusting God and and it kind of becomes that thing like I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick. If you're sick, go see a doctor and pray. You you understand where I'm coming from? There's wisdom. It's like if a person has cancer and they sit and say, I don't have cancer, I don't have cancer, I don't have cancer, I don't have cancer, that's not going to get the job done. Knowing your circumstance and then knowing the God of your circumstance is the key. Come on. And so... So you're in that thick fog, if you will, and you're driving. So I'm in Germany. I'm driving through this fog, and I keep going. I can't see anything. And it's like you're looking right at the front of your car and going maybe 15 miles an hour looking for little red dots that all of a sudden appear, right? I got to tell you, I'm blind. Those lights are shining right in my eyeballs. We adjusted them wrong. I think I'm going to come down here for a little while. Yep, I got a nice dot right there, so we'll just preach blind right now. Overcome my circumstance, right? So um, so I'm driving, and you're looking for those little red dots to appear. And I hear, Hmm. I slowed down to about two miles an hour, thinking of one thing then. I'm not looking for red dots as much as I'm looking for yellow ones in the rearview mirror right? Somebody else is coming up. Point being, that, that when you can't see clearly, and circumstance, if you will, I'm trying to compare fog to your circumstance, that circumstance often can bring that place of confusion, an inability to see clearly what your situation is. Let me say there's no fog you'll ever be in. There's no circumstance you'll ever be in. That God cannot see you through. Now remember driving in that fog and you're creeping along and all of a sudden you get up here and there's about six cars just like bashed up. Because everybody's like, it's okay, I can make it. You know? Look, in your circumstance, proceed with caution. And the greatest caution you can take is to seek God. To get a hold of the heart of God because he can see through your circumstance Clearly. And guides you out of the fog, if you will. Hmm. I remember getting around that and getting through it. Much like this wonderful winter wonderland when you look at these trees. I remember when when driving through that and all of a sudden you start to see this bright light. Kind of almost like the light at the end of the tunnel. You can just see light all of a sudden. And I remember coming out of that. And I remember as I drove out of that fog... And the sun is out on the other side. I don't know how that happened. It just burned it off. You know what I'm saying? It's cold. And I come through that. And all of a sudden, man, it is just like crystal glistening everywhere. Because that, that moisture that sat down in that fog and how cold it was, when the sun appeared and started to burn off the moisture, that what emerged was all this crystallization on the trees and the grass, everything around it was just like driving through a land of crystal. It was like one of the most magnificent things I'd ever seen. Uva, you lived in Germany. You know what it looks like when it does that. Just gorgeous. And I remember like all of a sudden, I'm not confused or feeling. I'm, I'm awestruck. It's kind of how it is when we're in our circumstance, and it seems so overwhelming. And we get a hold of the heart of God, and he guides us out of that. We come out the other side of that when we felt so overwhelmed, and when God gets a hold of it, We give him that opportunity by yielding to him in a confident expectation, if you will, in hope that he is going to show up for us. Just like Jesus showed up when God promised Jesus would show up, the Messiah would show up in this earth. People waited in Advent in a confident expectation that he would come. That's the application of it for us is that we can have a confident expectation upon Him and that when we come out the other side of it, we're awestruck. We're just awestruck at how God works in our life and how He can turn things around. He can, if you will, that common saying, I don't even know who quoted it. I think it's kind of an unknown quote, but somebody quoted it and it was amazing and they didn't take credit for it, but they probably should have. And it is that God can make a masterpiece out of your mess. God will turn it all around. I love when we sing that song here at the church, and he's going to turn it all around, just wait and see. And I've always watched as the young people would just press into that song and, and uh, sing it so greatly. Why? Because they're in that stage of messing up all the time. And we parents are saying, look, you can't do that, you, can't, you shouldn't do this, you need to focus on your studies. You need to, and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. You know, Coming into adulthood is not an easy thing, can you adults say amen? And so they hear a song like that and they're thinking about all the (laughs) challenges that they're facing coming into adulthood and they start to just sing that with all their heart. You know, why? They want God to turn it all around. Hmm. In the Bible, we learn that God is the ultimate source of hope, life, and everything. Jesus the hope of the world. The prophecy that speaks of Jesus, if you will, how people walking in that darkness saw a great light, just like coming out of that fog in Germany, I saw a great light, and that light was so welcoming. When I was coming out of that, I was like, man, let me get there, because this is not a place I want to be. If you will, at that point, clarity complements the confidence. Clarity complements your confidence when you are clear on who God is and that God will deliver on exactly what he's told you you have that confident hope to make it through where you're at to where God wants you to be amen when when we light this candle the candle of hope every christmas season we do this my hope is this is it's not just that we would have hope at christmas time But if anything, it reminds us of the hope that we should have at all times because we belong to God. Amen? I want to conclude today by talking about, you know, where's your need? Where's your need for hope right now in your life? I'd ask you that question. Where do you need God to increase hope in your life? Would you close your eyes right now? Just close your eyes and bow your heads. I want you to identify that area right now where you could use a dose of confidence. Where you could use that dose of confident expectation, of hope. God is for you. He's not against you. He's going to work in your situation. I'm asking you right now as you sit there and you think of that you picture it and you see yourself not positive thinking but connecting with your Lord and Savior and the fact that He cares about everything in your life and would you right now just let that go and give it to Him I'm believing through the Christmas season, whatever you might be challenged with, wherever you're challenged in holding on to a hope, a confident expectation, that God will give you that. And you'll watch those things melt away. Like we'll watch these candles burn in fire and the wax just melt away through the weeks, that those situations in your life would melt away also. You can open your eyes. You want to inject some hope in your situation, add God to the equation. You want hope in your situation, add God to your equations. Romans 8, 24 through 25 says, For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he, uh, for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly, say eagerly, wait for it. And one of the words that came out when I asked you for words, wait for it with perseverance. Paul uses Abraham as the example of hope in this. And he speaks about Abraham against all hope. Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him. So shall your offspring be. Now, do you think that Abraham was like, woohoo, at 99, I'm going to have a kid. He thought that was a possible thing. It was hope that got him there and faith that crossed him. I've talked so often of that, that if you will, the relationship between hope and faith is this, that if you were to take this this depression here in this stage and you were to say, and I know I'm behind the tree, surprise, hope is on this side and a chasm, if you will, that exists between hope and that confident expectation of fulfillment if you will the fulfillment of the thing that you're hoping for faith is the bridge that will walk you across to possess what god has promised that your hope is the beginning if you didn't have hope you would never enter into faith faith is the substance see there's no substance to get you there hope says, I set myself on this, that God has promised, God will perform this for me. So I set myself in hope, and I walk across the bridge of confident expectation, in hope, that faith will take me across to possess. When the children of Israel went in to possess the land, they went at his word. They left Egypt in hopes of entering a promised land. When they got to where they could enter the promised land, and they looked across the Jordan, and they saw the promised land. Some of them saw the giants. Some of them saw God's promise. See, faith, the hope of getting there, faith is the thing that causes you to see what God says, and not what your circumstance says. You see that. You get tough. with See, Joshua and Caleb understood something about that. They wanted to get with their circumstance and stay tender towards God and too many of them wanted to allow their circumstance to cause confusion and conquer them and therefore they were left to wander in the wilderness until they died off and Joshua and Caleb went in with the next generation why they never they stayed in hope And never lost faith that God would give them. Caleb, as an old man, said what? Give me my mountain. He's an old man. Got a bunch of young whippersnappers around him. He's like, look, man, I was hanging on in faith before you were ever born. Give me my mountain. He held on to hope of what God would give him. And he got to walk over in faith and possess Exactly what God said he could have. Amen. Listen, as Paul says, that hope brings joy and peace. And when you have hope that things will be better, there can be a spring in your step, joy in your heart, and no fear, worry, or anxiety, because, it's, because it is banished by the expectation of better things. Let me read that to you again. Paul says that hope brings joy and peace. When you have hope that, uh, that, that things will be better, there can be a spring in your step, joy in our hearts, no fear or worry or anxiety because it is banished by the expectation of better things. And to conclude, finally, Romans 12.1 says, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. I think there's a wonderful relationship there. Be joyful in hope. Patient in affliction in your circumstance, your troubles. And watch this. Here's the key to the joyful hope you have and the patience that you might have in your circumstance. Make sure you're faithful in prayer. That's that being tender towards God, right? And tough on your circumstance. If you're in prayer, you're connected. You're staying tender towards God. And the download you get will cause you to look at your circumstance and be tough with it and say, I don't care what the situation is. I know who my God is, and I put my trust in him. Romans 15, 13. May the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow. This is really cool. So that you may overflow. Say overflow. With hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, here's what my prayer would be for you this morning. I ask you to stand your feet now if you would. My prayer for you would be this that you would overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And just as I said, that, that, that we don't produce it in and of ourselves. It is our connection towards God. And If I could leave you with anything, whatever your circumstance, whatever it was you pictured, when I ask you to, to, to focus in on that and offer that to God, to trust God and have hope, is that in being tough with that circumstance you're tender towards God, that what you would do is that you would remain faithful in your prayer. You would get that download from God so that what ends up happening is you overflow with hope. That there's no limitation. Say that there would be, say this with me, that there would be no limitation that I place on God where my hope is concerned in Him. Heavenly Father, right now, I ask you that this morning, Lord, as as we leave this building, (laughs) that God, we would carry this through our week. And Father, we would dedicate ourselves to search out even the scriptures we've heard today, to meditate on them so that, Father, our hope would increase. And that, Lord, we would have joy and we would have peace. And that, God, we would be a people that overflow with hope. God, In other words, that that overflow, that God, in our situations, we can handle our situations because we know that you're there. But that the overflow would be for those around us, Lord, who feel overwhelmed or overtaken by the difficulties and the uh, trials of life. And that God, we would allow that hope to overflow into their life. That we would find ourselves being an encouragement to people around us to lift them up out of the miry clay to draw them up, Father, out of the valleys of life and escort them, Lord God, to the mountaintops of victory by the power of the Holy Spirit in us that works. We pray all these things in Jesus' name and ask your blessings, Lord, and ask your favor. And God, I ask you by the Holy Spirit to challenge every one of us, Lord God, to be in your word, to go to your word, Father, our hope would increase by our meditation upon the scripture. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen. God bless you. Have a great week.